Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon, and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. Tonight is a live broadcast. It is August 26th, Thursday evening. And I want to thank everyone for coming back tonight. Again, to announce our schedule, we broadcast every night, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And in some evenings, uh, we will also do an 11 p.m. broadcast. It is my special pleasure to have back once again Pastor Charles Holtzhauser from Yahweh's Warriors Deliverance. The website is yahwayswarriors.com. And uh, we're going to be uh, doing a, another program with Brother Holtzhauser tonight. He's going to be teaching again on spiritual warfare with a mass deliverance. So get ready, folks, and uh, let me get uh, the pastor on the line. Pastor well, Holtzhauser. Right. Yes, evening. sir. Thank you very much. Appreciate once again your uh, very, very kind introduction and also the invitation. And I appreciate also the folks that have joined us along the way. Uh, for this particular session of Omega Man Radio. And um, as you had uh, said in the earlier part uh, of this particular broadcast, we have been focusing in 
on the various aspects of spiritual warfare. Um, one of the earlier times that we were together, we we actually conducted a mass deliverance service and had some reports back that there were folks that um, truly were um, well. Let's see how we can say it. They were they were positively affected. Um, many many people who who come into deliverance services have have the reality of the spirit of the Most High in their presence, and they have the experience of being um, something being lifted, of burdens being lifted, and of troubles just leaving. Um, uh, there are times when, when sicknesses begin to improve, when people are healed. Uh, problems that folks have been dealing with for many years in their emotions, difficulties, sometimes rooted way back in childhood uh, from various abuses or from things that were said that were hurtful and harmful. And uh, they find that uh, in the deliverance ministry of the Scriptures, uh, that there actually is, as the scriptures themselves say, an anointing that uh, destroys the yoke. Uh, there is authority that commands evil, evil activities, evil spirits, evil contracts, evil intentions, uh, the accumulation of a variety of evil events that, that would culminate, if it were possible, um, in some type of a very hurtful ending. And they've come to realize that the scriptures have a lot to say on, um, on being set free, on having the yoke destroyed because of the anointing of walking in newness of life. And uh, some of these things folks have read in their, in their uh, scriptures and, and, and never really applied, didn't fully understand uh, the message to the extent that they personally um, have been called and led uh, by the Holy Spirit to experience uh, the very power and the love uh, of uh, our Heavenly Father in, 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 a per in a very personal way for themselves. So this evening I'd like to begin with an account of Scripture taken from the Gospel according to Luke and it's in the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, and it has to do with an experience that's recorded for us that actually occurred in the life of our Savior uh, during the course of his ministry uh, here on the earth. And uh, once again, I remind folks, or those that maybe have not heard, I'm, I'm using a translation from the Hebrew, and uh, when we refer to the Savior in this particular translation, you'll hear me use the Hebrew name, uh, Yahshua. And of course, when we speak of the Father of Yahshua, the one that he spoke of, the one that he said sent him, um, we don't use the title gods or lords because uh, those are titles generally assigned to the deities of, uh, of pagan religions. But we use the actual name that was revealed to uh, Moses at the burning bush, and uh, that was revealed uh, throughout the scriptures and the prophets. Regretfully, that name was deleted, and uh, titles like God or Lord or um, Adonai and, 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 and titles such as that were replaced. And I like the text that I'm, I'm using this evening, and I like the Hebrew translation because I happen to love 
the name of Yahweh, and I happen to love the name of Yahshua, and I just have, I feel at least, a closer relationship with someone when I know their name and when I when I when I speak to them Amen. by name. So, in the thirteenth chapter of Luke, uh, beginning about the tenth verse. The the passage opens up by letting us to know that Yahshua once again was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And I call your attention to the fact that, you know, Yahshua uh, has been referred to in the scriptures as as the great shepherd of the sheep. And, of course, going back into the Lord and the prophets, Yahweh himself was referred to as a shepherd. In fact, probably one of the most uh, well-known and most quoted passages of Scripture is taken from the 23rd Psalm, and um, there we read that that Yahweh is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, We are likened to sheep who follow a shepherd. Now, those are are, are kind of acronyms, or, or they're used as an analogy, but you know, when you investigate and search the scriptures, you'll find that the word shepherd isn't actually a man on the hillside uh, leading a flock of sheep, but the word shepherd um, is the word that would probably be better translated, as far as understanding is concerned, uh, by using the word teacher. Yahweh is my teacher or my leader. And, of course, the sheep would then be uh, the students or the disciples. And so, uh, Yahshua is, is, the, is the chief shepherd, he's the chief teacher. He is the authority over the assembly of the Yahweh's people. He is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He was obedient even to the death on the stake. And there are many, many scriptures that let us to know that he is the one that no man, can come to the Father except by him. Only he knows the way, because only he was perfect in obedience. Um, only he had the experiences necessary through obedience to navigate a way where there was no way. And um, through the course of his ministry, he established the fact himself, saying, for example, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and so on. So, once again, he was teaching, or, or serving in his capacity of shepherd, in one of the synagogues. The word synagogue is a word that means a public meeting place. And um, uh, many probably know that that word carries over even until this day. There are folks that will, uh, will go to synagogue on a regular basis, and the reason why they go is to is to uh, assemble with each other, of course, and uh, then also there is a, a learned uh, person there, uh, usually a, a man teacher. Although these days there are women teachers, um, referred to as rabbi, and uh, folks will go and they'll gather on the Sabbath day uh, to listen uh, to the teaching of the rabbi. Well, Yeshua was a rabbi, a teacher. And um, there were many occasions recorded in Scripture when he would be in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath, uh, for some reason, is a controversial subject. Not to me. The Sabbath is very clear. 
the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week. The, the Sabbath was established way back in the book of Genesis. You can read it for yourself. Um, Yahweh had created, or Yahweh had finished the creation in six days, and then he took a, a, a seventh day. He created a seventh day, and uh, he commanded that, that that day should be should be special, should be set apart. Uh, it should be a day for um, for well, as Yahshua taught, it was made for man. It's a day of reflection, a day of meditation, a day of prayer, a day of rest, a day of study, a day of learning. Uh, it's a spiritual day. It's set apart because Yahweh knew that man would need that day, and so he set apart the seventh day. And then throughout the course of the scriptures, we the term. Uh, the, uh, the Sabbath periods are, are, are spoken of uh, in the Feast of Yahweh, listed in Leviticus 23, uh, feasts such as uh, Passover or the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then, of course, the Feast of Tabernacles. And, and there's, there's, there's seven feasts during a seven-moon period. But everything ties into the Sabbath, this, the seven, the seventh day. And... Um, well, we won't get into it this evening, but perhaps sometime we'll speak about how uh, Yahweh's Sabbath day was changed by men, believe it or not, and uh, we'll get we'll get on with that perhaps at another time. But the scripture says in verse 11, Behold, there was a crippled woman, uh, bent over and unable to straighten up in any way, who was afflicted by a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. In other words, Satan had struck this woman with the disease, and the, the spirit of infirmity uh, made her uh, unable uh, to stand, uh, to stand erect. It was probably a spirit or spiritual activity of some sort in, 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 the, in the back area, um, at the, uh, down the spine perhaps, uh, in the lower back. Uh, but however it bound her, however it grabbed her, uh, she was unable uh, to, to stand, to rise. And uh, so she was obviously very evident that when she walked through the marketplaces, I don't doubt for a moment, children would, would, would look at her. And um, she spent 18 years in that condition. Perhaps she was the victim of some, some cruel uh, slights. Um, you know how people can be sometimes, or some staring, and um, plus the pain associated with the with the spirit. And um, in this particular case, in verse twelve, the scripture said, "When Yahshua saw her, he summoned her to him." Um, in 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 the times of, of of these accounts, you may or may not know that in the synagogue there was a a um, a seating plan. Uh, the very well-known religious people, the scribes, the, the, the priests, the, the, the affluent in the society, like the Sadducees, uh, these folks all would sit up front. And then uh, you'd, you'd go on back and you'd have you know, lesser religious people in society. And the women and the children, uh, for the most part, they stood in the very rear, and sometimes they stood outside if it was a crowded meeting. But the idea in this particular day of a young Jewish rabbi summoning a woman uh, from the back, no doubt, of the synagogue building uh, all the way down the aisle uh, 
uh, to where he was was something that was, was not heard of. It wasn't done. And I could just see in my mind's eye after he summoned this woman, and she began to move towards him, uh, shuffling along, I suppose, unable to lift up her head, and uh, coming down the aisle. There must have been a lot of, uh, uh, of, of whispering or going around in the assembly, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, having been a preacher myself for some 40 years. When you have events like this that folks just aren't used to, uh, it creates somewhat of a stir. It's, it, it's, a, it's a controversial thing. Uh, people don't quite know how to respond because they've never really experienced it before. And so this woman is making her way down the, uh, down the center of the synagogue there uh, to where Yahshua was standing and teaching. And when she got to where he was, the scripture said he laid his hands on her and immediately... She was made straight, and she glorified Yahweh. In other words, there's a few things that we're dealing with here. Uh, we're dealing, first of all, with a young rabbi laying his hands on a uh, on a woman, which I don't doubt for a moment's time was frowned upon. Um, it just wasn't done in that particular society. And... Um, then we're dealing with the fact that this woman, who for 18 years couldn't stand, suddenly stands up straight in, in the presence of all these witnesses and these people who uh, were, were shocked, no doubt, by what they had just witnessed, what they had just seen. And in that same scripture, verse 13, said, And she glorified Yahweh. Uh, maybe some of you folks have, have been in, 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 in circumstances or situations uh, where somebody has has uh, received some kind of what we call a miracle, something has happened to them uh, that the startled other folks who were witnesses, and they may have just uh, uh, stood uh, and with their hands raised, perhaps, and just began to shout hallelujah or, or, or praise praise Yahweh, or, or, or they, they respond in different ways. And that's what this woman was doing. First of all, she was standing straight, uh, which folks had known uh, for 18 years. She was referred to as the cripple lady. And then she's, she's, she's glorifying and magnifying the name of Yahweh. But you know what? As everybody's observing this, and uh, as this woman is, is, is just, I was going to say, enjoying this, it's more than enjoying, as this woman was just glorifying Yahweh in this, uh, the ruler of the synagogue responded with indignation. Now, I point that out to you because over my uh, uh, years, decades, of uh, traveling the world with the deliverance ministry and message, uh, there have been many times, uh, uh, friends, that um, things of this nature would occur, and uh, the people rejoiced. The people, they were just uh, uh, praising and, and shouting and uh, just thought this was, you know, wonderful. But the leadership uh, wasn't always rejoicing. The leadership sometimes looked down on that, and, and, and I can recall vividly in my mind, uh, elders seated behind me, for example, on a platform, begin to whisper uh, one with the other, and... Um, to tell you the frank truth, there's a lot of folks uh, who are leaders in the various assemblies who just do not respond well uh, to people 
are receiving the deliverance ministry as it's recorded in the scriptures. And uh, the same holds true for this on this particular day, uh, at this particular meeting. Uh, the ruler of the synagogue responded with indignation. And you know we're in the 14th verse, and I'm going to pause right there at that 14th verse in the first sentence, and I'm going to excuse myself for a uh, for a drink of water, and Absolutely. I know that um, our, our brother Lee has something he, he wants to say. So give me just a moment. I'll be right back. Praise God. Yes, you're listening to Omega Man Radio Network tonight. It's my pleasure and honor to have back once again Pastor Charles Holtzhauser. And uh, we're talking tonight about uh, spiritual warfare, and we're going to do some programs and talk about, in future shows, how the church has divorced itself from its roots, how the Emperor Constantine sought to change the times and the seasons and unite the whole world, both Christian, pagan, and Jew, and he changed the, the God's calendar. And over the time, the Catholic Church and others have uh, so corrupted it that uh, we don't even know, folks, anymore the... Uh, God's reckoning of time, Yahweh's reckoning of time. You know, Yahweh has never changed his calendar. Man is the one that has changed it. He has never changed his Sabbath that he created for man for the day of rest. Uh, we have forgotten what it is, and uh, it's only when we get back and we cast off all these pagan traditions that came in from Babylon, uh, Babylonian sun god worship and Sol Invictus and the like, that uh, we see the richness of the gospel, and we get back to the... Uh, the Church of Yahshua's time. So, looking forward to uncovering uh, our true roots and some further broadcast. And uh, you'll be blessed when you get back on uh, Yahweh's uh, calendar in, instead of falling after men's. Yes, well, one of the things that will bless uh, our listeners, um, uh, Brother Lee, is the fact that there'll be uh, treasures, uh, treasures of truth, that are throughout the scriptures that cannot be understood outside of Yahweh's calendar. Um, you know, when when the scripture speaks of, of specific moons, for example, the first moon through the seventh, and it speaks of the, the sacred year of Yahweh within contained within those seven moons, and the the various feasts, and, and then the high Sabbaths during those feasts. Uh, some folks may not even realize that the Sabbath, you know, in general, um, is the seventh day of each week. But then there are annual Sabbaths, um, the Day of Atonement, for example, or the first day of unleavened bread. These are these are annual Sabbaths, and a lot of treasures, as I said before, a lot of information that I I, I consider to be treasures, truths. Uh, will come up, and folks will will see things that they just hadn't seen before because of, as you put it, the changing um, of the timetables. And the scripture speaks about that. I believe from reading those scriptures, referring to anti Messiah, um, says that that anti Messiah spirit will uh, will change times and will change uh, seasons. And so we know that there have been changes made that Yahweh never authorized. And because of that, people suffer. Folks just are not able to, to grasp the whole truth. It's covered. It's hidden. It's concealed. 
because of these changes. And they read things in the scripture, it really doesn't click because uh, some of the some of the pretenses that they're laboring under are inaccurate. And uh, but Yahweh's going to change that and bring folks back into the light. So back to this fourteenth verse. The scripture said, but the ruler of the synagogue responded with indignation. Why? Because Yahshua had healed on the Sabbath day. You know, Yahweh himself gave specific laws governing the Sabbath day. And uh, what happened is something that Brother Lee was just talking about, even going back to Yahshua's day. People had changed uh, the ordinance and the laws of Yahweh, especially as they referred to the Sabbath, for example, and they made up their own laws. They set forth laws that uh, Yahweh never set forth at all. And so the people were, were, were under the authority of those laws, believing that those laws were set forth by Yahweh, not realizing that these were the laws of men. And uh, Yahshua said, that by your traditions, you, you, you make the, the word of Yahweh ineffective in the lives of the people. And so, never think for a moment that Yahshua ever broke the Sabbath. He never did. Although he was accused of it on uh, several occasions that are recorded. But as you look at those scriptures, you'll find that Yahshua kept the Sabbath perfectly. Uh, what he broke, if I may use that term, he, he broke away. Uh, from the traditions of the scribes and the Pharisees who had set their rules over the Sabbath day and many, many other things. They had their rules and their religious uh, regulations, and, and Yahshua very well may have broken them because sometimes to serve Yahweh according to his laws and his statutes and his ordinances, uh, it becomes necessary to break the religious laws that men have set in place uh, when they uh, are contradictory uh, to the to the to the way of uh, Yahweh, to the laws of Yahweh, but always remember, friend, that uh, Yahweh said in the book of Deuteronomy and many other places, but Deuteronomy specifically in the twenty eighth chapter, he said, "If you walk in my ways and keep my commandments and do that which is right in my sight, all of the blessings." will come upon you and will overtake you. And then as you read that passage, you'll see all the various blessings listed. I mean, blessed lives and blessed children and, and, and prosperity in our various businesses and occupations. Uh, uh, everything will be blessed in the country, in the city, uh, coming in, going out. The blessings are abundant. Um, the only way I would live my life is in the safety and the sanctity and the uh, the blessing of Father Yahweh. I would much rather walk in his ways and keep his commandments than just wander off on my own, off the path of righteousness, into places that uh, are dangerous, quite frankly. And uh, they're inhabited by, by, by a lot of evil. So I appreciate the protection also that Yahweh affords and, and the, the, the way that he made where there wouldn't ordinarily be a way. So this particular ruler of the synagogue uh, announced to the congregation, uh, and I'm quoting from the scripture again, the 14th verse, there are six days in which men ought to work, therefore come on one of them and be healed, but not on the Sabbath day. And again, this was his proclamation, and perhaps the proclamation of the 
of the church authorities, but it certainly was not uh, Yahshua's uh, uh, mandate, and the man Yahshua certainly never broke Yahweh's laws. So then 15 says, Yahweh, uh, Yahshua then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you release his ox or his donkey from the Sabbath or from the stall and leads him away to water on the Sabbath? In other words, you people are criticizing me uh, for this miracle that just took place in this woman's life after 18 years. And um, but But in truth... You could care less about this woman. In fact, he's very specific and says you care more about your, your farm animals. You, you care more about your ox uh, or your donkey. You think nothing about uh, 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 leading um, uh, your animals to water on the Sabbath day. Well, let's see what it says exactly. Verse 16. So should not this woman, who was a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound for 18 years, be released from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. But all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. I mean, he, he shined some light on truth. He, 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 he made it very, very clear that uh, the religious leaders had their priorities uh, uh, mixed up. He made it clear that it was not uh, Yahweh's law that he was breaking, but it was their law. And furthermore, they should be ashamed of themselves because they pay more attention uh, to their animals than they would to some poor woman who, to use Yahshua's words, was a daughter of Abraham, uh, one who was uh, uh, assigned by Yahweh to receive the message, to receive the law, to receive the revelation. Uh, even to receive the salvation. Yahshua said, I'm not come, uh, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And this this woman was a a daughter of Abraham. And so they had all their priorities wrong. And and it's my belief, having lived my life as I have, that uh, all around the world, uh, some of the religious leaders, or maybe I should say many, because many is more accurate, they have their priorities wrong. They don't seem to have the spirit of Yahweh within that that places the emphasis on on opening the eyes of the blind and uh, on setting the captives free and 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 declaring uh, the, the wonderful year of Yahweh. They've kind of lost their way, and um, some intentionally for their own for their own uh, personal gain. And some because of the indoctrination of some of the laws that are written in the little books that the various denominations uh, give a young man or a young woman to to learn and then to propagate and to teach, and they really have not been taught uh, by the by the Holy Spirit. Uh, they really do not have a deep rooted sense of the of the manifestation of Yahweh on the earth of the. Of the, uh, they don't see. Yahshua told his contemporaries. He said, uh, "You don't, you don't know me, because you don't know the one who sent me. But if you had known the one who sent me, then you would know that I am the one spoken of. I am the one that uh, Moses wrote about. But because you do not know him, 
you do not know me. And it's been my experience during the course of my lifetime to run into a lot of men and women who are church leaders uh, who do know the doctrines of their particular denomination, but uh, who are unfamiliar uh, with the spirit of Yahweh, who don't really know the character or the nature or the personality of Yahweh. They don't know from 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 searching the scriptures what it is that he will do, what it is that he has said, uh, the commands he has set forth. Uh, they only know whatever God they're operating under and the dictates and the mandates and the rules and regulations of that particular God. And uh, so Yahshua, as we know, came to reveal the Father and came to reveal the will of the Father. Uh, he told people of his uh, of his age and his time period, um, if you had known me, then you would have known my father also. Uh, but if you don't know me, then you don't know my father. And if you hate me, then you hate my father, because I'm a perfect representation of who the father is. I always do the will of my father. And... In this particular passage of Scripture, we see that an aspect of the will of the Father, we see a glimpse of it, and that is to set uh, the oppressed free, to set the captives free, uh, to teach uh, the way of Yahweh on the Sabbath day, in the public meeting places, and uh, as the Spirit of Yahweh leads, uh, and and folks are, are brought before you, uh, with a particular problem, an issue, of course, everybody has problems and issues. I'm speaking specifically about a preordained uh, event that uh, wherefore Yahweh wants to demonstrate his love and his power. And, of course, the minister then must be prepared uh, to serve uh, in Yahweh's anointing, to, to bring forth his purposes and demonstrate his power and his love. And so under these circumstances, many, many folks, when they actually see something like this, uh, they're amazed. Sometimes they rejoice or they clap their hands. But I often wonder, you know, how much do they really realize that, that they have been selected to be in a place at a time uh, when the uh, spirit of Yahweh is moving according to the scriptures and uh, people are receiving deliverance and they're receiving healing and yokes are being destroyed and eyes are being opened. And I'm not just speaking of physical eyes. I mean, if a man is physically blind and he's made to see, that of course is a wonderful event. I wouldn't take a thing from that. But um, when people sit in darkness uh, for uh, for generations, actually, but certainly in their own time, for their own lifetime, they sit in darkness, and suddenly, uh, through the administration of the Scriptures and the anointing of the Spirit, they begin to realize that their eyes are being opened, their spiritual eyes are being opened. They're starting to see things clearly that they never saw before. And they wonder how they never saw it, because when they see it, it it's just so glaringly clear. And then they rejoice, of course, within to know that uh, this very same Yahweh, this very same Yahshua, this very same message is being illuminated 
within their understanding. And that, my friends, uh, is truly a, a reason uh, to rejoice. Now, another point, if I can move on in this uh, deliverance-oriented message, is taken from the, uh, the first gospel, the first evangel. Uh, that's Matthew. Uh, and the 12th chapter of Matthew, just two or three verses there, beginning at verse number uh, 43. Yeshua was teaching uh, uh, on a subject that I've, I've taught on and, and, and answering a question that, that I've tried to answer along the way. And um, in verse 43 of uh, Matthew 12, uh, Yeshua is speaking, and he says, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, the unclean spirit walks through dry places, seeking rest, but finding none. In other words, when a spirit is cast out, um, it, it doesn't have a, a, a place that, that, that wherein he's comfortable. Um, the home uh, that he was previously occupying, where um, he could manifest, or she could manifest, use whatever pronoun I should like, or you can say it could manifest. But this particular spirit, um, according to Yahshua's teaching, was kind of at ill ease, at, at ill rest. He, he, there was no place. Uh, the home he was used to being in, um, he had vacated that home, and uh, now was uh, was looking for a place to go. And, and, and Yahshua teaches here in verse 44, so he says, that's, that's the spirit, I will go back into the house from which I came out. So understand then that the deliverance is wonderful as it is, and it's, it's, just, it's just breathtakingly wonderful. Uh, when that spirit goes out, there's a tendency and a desire on the part of that spirit to go back in to the very place from which he was vacated. And that's important to know because there are things, we won't get to at this time, but things that a person can do uh, to set up a guard around their house or around their, their being uh, to keep these things out, uh, to, to block off the way for return. Uh, but that's not the message. What I want to show you in this message, if I may, uh, is the fact that when the Spirit came out, and says to himself, I'm going to go back where I came from so I can, you know, continue on with whatever it was I was doing. The scripture said when he comes, he finds that house vacant, swept, and clean. In other words, he finds it empty of Yahweh. There's, despite the fact the spirit was thrown out, um, there was nothing to fill the vacuum. Um, what we need to do in deliverance is to move on with spiritual truth, fill ourselves with the joy that Yahshua said uh, no man can give us. We want to enrich our lives uh, through prayer and the anointing and studying and learning. Uh, we want to be filled with love and eagerness to take on the challenge that, that Yahweh sets before us to pass from death unto life. We want to receive the qualities of our Heavenly Father, such as uh, lowliness and meekness and all the fruits of the Spirit. And when these things uh, begin to accumulate in our lives, uh, the characteristics and the very Spirit of our Heavenly Father, for example, uh, then that Spirit 
coming back, we'll find that that, that, that house is no longer of any use uh, because the, the, the addiction that the, it was manifesting or the vulgarity was manifesting or the fear uh, that it was manifesting or the disease it was manifesting or whatever it was that, that, that the spirit was manifesting. He finds that that house is not the way it was when he left it. House is different now. And, and, and it's filled with, with holy things. Uh, and it's, it's a house that, that um, is desirous now of, of moving on to eternal life. And so the house he thought he'd return to isn't really there uh, because the person has, has changed. So then the last part of this particular verse and, or this particular passage, verse 45, Yahshua is still teaching and he says, then he goes and brings, oh, I should go to 44 first, I'm sorry. So, he says, I'll go back into the house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it vacant, swept, and in order. So, he goes and brings with him seven other spirits. In other words, you know, he's he's not only looking to, to move back into where he was kicked out, but... He brings in even more evil, more trouble, more problems, more oppression. Uh, the presence of, of, of evil spirits is multiplied. Ordinarily in the scripture, when the terms seven other spirits, for example, is used, it, it, it means an infinite number, uh, just a, a large number. But in any event, whether it's the actual number of seven or a large number, the point is that where there was one particular spirit, now there's a multiplicity of these evil spirits. And, and and that's what happens according to Yahshua's teaching. And he says, he brings in seven other spirits more than himself, and they enter, and they dwell. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So will it also be with this wicked generation. Now, in other words, my, my brothers and my sisters, uh, my dear listeners, um, the, the key to deliverance is not just to get the spirit out. Uh, the key is, is to really keep it out. Uh, deliverance is, is, is a means to an end. Deliverance is not just the ministry that will make you feel a little better or relieve you of a pain or rid you of a, of a sleeping problem at night or release you from a fear of heights, or, or any number of a thousand things. But deliverance is a means to come into the very likeness of Yahshua himself. In other words, deliverance is a process, and it's, 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 as far as I'm concerned, it's a daily process. It's a momentary process. A man is, 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 has the potential to be delivered on a regular basis, delivered in his mind, Delivered in his speech patterns, uh, delivered from doctrines of demons, delivered from 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 deception, uh, deliverance from the consequences of decisions uh, that he made along life's way or she made along life's way, uh, the deliverance from the buildup of those consequences, deliverance from the hurts and the disappointments that that come along with rejection. Uh, until, in fact, my, my, my friend, um, we are delivered uh, to the point where now our nature is much more reflective of, of Yahweh uh, 
uh, than any of the spirits of this world. I did something once many, many years ago. Oh, this goes back probably 25 years. Uh, during the course of my personal instruction, uh, you know, by, by Yahweh in the scriptures I was studying, and the thought occurred to me uh, to make three lists. And to head up the first list, the, char- uh, the characteristics of Yahweh, and uh, the second list would be the characteristics of Satan, and then the third list would be the characteristics of men. And of course, I would use the, the scriptures as my as my reference to develop uh, these revealed characteristics and to begin to list them. And, and of course, I don't I don't have the actual uh, list with me these days, but. You know, when I got to the category of, of Yahweh, I began to list uh, some of the things I had read in the scriptures. Faithfulness. Yahweh is faithful. Yahweh is holy. Uh, Yahweh is love. Yahweh is forgiving. Uh, Yahweh is sacrificing. And and on and on, and I, as, I, as I went through the scriptures to find out the various characteristics of Yahweh, uh, then as far as Satan was concerned, I knew that Satan was a liar. Satan was was, was deceptive. Uh, Satan was cruel. And uh, Satan was, was hatred and violence. And these types of things, until I completed my list. Then I got to the list of, of, of the characteristics of man. And when I began to list those characteristics... I realized that the characteristics of man and the characteristics of Satan were very, very similar. So similar were they that in neither neither category, man or Satan, was there really a resemblance to Yahweh. That Yahweh stood apart. Yahweh was distinct. Yahweh was different. He was a different being uh, than man. Or than Satan. Man and Satan, from my studies, proved to have very similar characteristics. Uh, but uh, Yahweh um, was, was stood alone, very, very different. And, you know, along the, my, my particular course, my particular path to deliverance and salvation, I, I just learned that uh, it's Yahweh's intention to, to change us. Um, I don't think there's a person listening that would want to have eternal life, for example, in the situation we are now. I mean, who would want to live eternally in a world full of violence and murders and rapes and robberies and burglaries and car thefts and broken families and abused children and aging bodies and arthritis and and um, Alzheimer's and cancers and breathing problems? So, you know, I mean, nobody wants to live eternally under those circumstances. But thankfully, the scripture says that we shall be changed. Yahweh is going to change us and prepare us for eternal life. Uh, what that means in short, or what that means in brief, is that uh, we'll be, become righteous as he is righteous. Uh, we'll become one with him, or we'll, come, we'll be unified with him and reconciled to him. And in that state, uh, when we're filled with love and compassion, uh, when we're filled with revelation and insight and joy and victory, after we've put the demonic powers under our feet and we've conquered all 
the power of death and the power of the hell, the power of the grave. Well, in that state, uh, eternal life sounds sounds very wonderful, uh, but certainly not in the state in which we are right now. So we're thankful that uh, uh, this is the plan of Yahweh, according to the scriptures, and this was the message that Yahshua preached uh, during the time of um, his ministry here on the earth. Now, some, uh, one or two things I must point out to you, if I may, uh, has to do with the, the attitude that, that one needs to develop, you know, towards deliverance. You might call them spiritual steps to deliverance. And the very, very first step, for those who are looking to get into this deliverance mode and and, and, and be a part of this great power of Yahweh on a regular basis in your life, you have to come to the understanding that honesty is, is, is totally essential. I mean, you have to be honest with Yahweh and honest with yourself. Um, you, you can't cloak or hide weaknesses, uh, sicknesses, problems, addictions, whatever is going on in your life. Uh, you, you can't get deliverance while denying the fact that, that you have some problems. And so the very first thing you need to do is to decide within your own heart and your own mind, I'm going to be honest with my Heavenly Father. I'm going to be honest with me. I am going to acknowledge uh, my issues as they're revealed to me, as I see them and as I understand them. And uh, then I'm going to continue on. Uh, the pathway to deliverance. Now, along these lines, there's one verse of scripture I want to just read to you, and uh, I'll tell you where it is after I've read it. You might want to see it yourself. But here's what it says. We acknowledged our sins to you. Our iniquities we have not hidden. We said we will confess our transgressions to Yahweh. You forgave the guilt of our sin. Our sins you blotted out. Now, that passage is located in Psalm, uh, the 32nd Psalm, and the 5th verse. And, of course, uh, we could go on and on and on just on this one verse, and I could show you scores and scores of scriptures that would, that would let you to know that the, the very first step that we need uh, in our deliverance process is to acknowledge our sins or confess them. And I have found during the course of my tenure as a minister of this message that many folks don't even know what sin is. Oh, I, I suppose most would know if you murdered somebody, it's a sin, or uh, some would know if you uh, stole something from somebody, it's a sin. But what they don't know is that there is a multiplicity of, 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 of transgressions and sins. The definition of sin is found in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8. Uh, sin is a transgression of the law. In other words, uh, the way to define sin is to realize that we sin when we transgress the law of Yahweh. Now, the problem is that we don't know the law of Yahweh. Um, we're not familiar with these spiritual laws. We're not familiar with these laws of righteousness, so the chances are very great uh, that folks will sin without even realizing that they're sinning. 
but uh, that's no excuse. People are hurt when you sin. You're hurt when you sin. And um, sin is a very dangerous thing. The Apostle Paul said the wages of sin is death. It's dangerous. So, if sin is a transgression of the law, it would behoove us to learn the law of Yahweh, the law of his kingdom, the law that enables the kingdom to stand forever, uh, the, the righteous laws of Yahweh. It will behoove us to learn these so that we will then know what sin is and try to avoid it. Uh, and then when we don't avoid it, quickly uh, get it uh, in, in prayer before your Heavenly Father and identify with the sacrifice that has been made on your behalf uh, through the torture stake upon which uh, Yahshua was, was brutally tortured and, and, and died and shed his blood. That's the only possible way in which uh, the transgressions and sins can be dealt with. There's, there's no other way. And um, so it, it's incumbent upon us to learn the laws of the kingdom. And then if we do sin, uh, to make certain that we know we have an advocate with the Father, even the Yahshua Messiah, the righteous. And then there's another verse in the 139th Psalm that I'd like to also share with you at this juncture. Uh, Psalm 139. And two verses there, verse number 23 and verse number 24. It says, Examine us, O Yahweh, and know our hearts. Test us, and know our thoughts. In other words, we have to be open to our Heavenly Father and honest. And say, listen, there are, there are, there are problems in my life. Problems I don't even know about. But I know they're affecting me adversely. And uh, I would like you to look into my life and examine me. And, and then he goes on to say in verse 24, and see if there is any wicked way in us, uh, which leads to suffering and to death, and lead us in the way of everlasting life. That's a wonderful prayer. And that shows the, the level of the relationship between the, the man or the woman, the person, and their heavenly father. It shows the spiritual condition of a, of a person that, that realizes that Yahweh will, in fact, examine us. He will look into our hearts, and he will know what our problems are in our thoughts. And uh, he will, in fact, deliver us and lead us in the way of everlasting life. And then the, the next thing I want to say, if I may, has to do with uh, repentance. Now, repentance is not just being sorry that uh, we did something. That's not repentance. What repentance truly is, is to recognize that um, we have got to make a specific change in a very specific area uh, in our lives. When I was younger and raising children, and most of you will identify with this, I'm sure, uh, children have a propensity to quickly, when they do something wrong, uh, say, I'm sorry. Well, I instructed my children uh, in, the, in the early part of their lives that I would appreciate a true apology when they've done something wrong, and, and, and that I'm saying I'm sorry uh, really was not a, a true gesture of repentance. And so I taught them uh, at a young age that if, in fact, you've done something, 
that you would rather not have done. In other words, you're really ashamed of what you've done, and you truly are sorry in that sense, in that context. What I want you to do is to come to me and say, Dad, uh, I've done something that I, I regret having done. I should not have done it. I'm ashamed. But I guarantee you, it will never happen again. Now, that's a, a form of repentance. You don't just say, I'm sorry, each time that you, you sin. Uh, but but, but you, 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 when you confess it, you acknowledge it for what it is, and um, you pledge that it will never happen again, and then you keep that pledge. And that is repentance. This is what uh, uh, John the Baptist, or Yachanan the Immersa, uh, uh, included in his sermons. Uh, he would tell the people to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His message was one of repentance, not just saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but to truly say, I have seen this now for what it is. This is something that I do not want to identify with. I, 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 don't, I don't want this incorporated into who I am. I don't want the consequences of this to take its toll on my mind or my body. I want to distance myself from this. And uh, I'm, I'm saying to you, Father, this, this, will, this will never happen again. And I appreciate and I thank you for forgiving me and for setting me back on my way. That's true repentance. And then something else we have to do is to forgive. Yahshua said if we don't forgive, then we can't be forgiven. We have to know within our own minds, our own hearts, and our own lives that we're not harboring within the essence of our being uh, anger and rage and, and resentment and violence. These things are not good for us. We have not been created to, to house uh, these, these, these types of, of, of spiritual powers. Rage and, and anger can, can bring on terrible uh, uh, disease and uh, terrible uh, harm uh, to our uh, physical being. You say, well, what should I do, Brother Holt? says, well, what you need to do is to forgive people. Um, people are going to do things that they shouldn't do. They're going to say things they shouldn't have said. They're going to hurt you. They're going to disappoint you. But what you need to do as a, as a spiritual conqueror is to learn how to forgive them as Yahshua did on the stake, saying, forgive them, Father, they don't really understand what it is that they've done. And I found in life that most men truly do not understand the consequences of the things they do. They don't know how much they hurt or disappoint people. And when you forgive, my friends, the ministry of forgiveness belongs to you. In other words, you're the recipient of the benefit of that forgiveness. If there's someone that has done all against you, has hurt you, disappointed you, and you don't forgive them, they'll probably never have any uh, knowledge of that, especially if you don't see them any longer. And they'll just go on with their lives. But meanwhile, you'll be suffering with the presence of bitterness or, or anger or resentment. So when you forgive... Uh, there's no place for bitterness or anger or resentment to hang on. 
and you find that you, you you're, you're you're experiencing a peace, a peace of mind, and a peace in your heart, and a, a peace to meditate that that you'd never known before. It's a blessing of Father Yahweh, because then He forgives you, and it's a wonderful, wonderful process. And forgiveness is such an important part of the uh, of the ministry of deliverance. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I have been given the liberty to continue on here, uh, but I'm going to have to thank uh, Brother Lee for that liberty and to thank you folks for your kind attention. But I am going to request, if I may, very politely and respectfully, uh, to pick up uh, on, on the ministry sometime in, in the near future. Uh, I've been speaking now for about an hour. And um, that, that, quite frankly, my brothers and my sisters, at, at my particular age, is about my limit. And um, I want to say how much I've enjoyed being with you this evening, and I, I enjoy uh, so much the fellowship and the friendship of uh, Brother Lee and his invitations to come and uh, to share you know, with him and then with you, and we all share together. And, and, the, and the only thing that counts... The only thing in life with me, the greatest message ever told, the greatest demonstration of of love and sacrifice ever exhibited uh, in the message, uh, in the gospel, in the law, the prophets, uh, in the apostles, in the teachings of uh, of Father Yahweh to us. It's a a love message. And I'm so grateful to, to know part of it and to be able to share part of it. And Brother Lee, my thanks again once to you as I turn it back over to you, and hopefully I will be back with you again in the very near future. Pastor, we will have you on again very soon. And before you go, would you uh, be so kind as to give out uh, your contact information if someone would like to get a hold of you? Absolutely. I'd be very glad to. If you'd like to make contact uh, with the ministry through the use of the uh, email system, uh, you can email uh, the ministry at Yahweh's Warriors. It's all connected, of course, one word, Yahweh. And Yahweh, by the way, is Y-A-H-W-E-H-S. Uh, Yahweh's Warriors at A-O-L dot com. That's Yahweh's Warriors at A-O-L dot com. If you want to check in on the visit the website, it's just the World Wide Web, www. Uh, Yahweh's Warriors, and you can you can find us there, and then just follow the prompts and the and the clicks and so on, and you can uh, you'll be able to get into the ministry. And if we can help you in any way, or send you along any any type of material or or tape or um, on a specific subject, and we have it in our inventory, we probably do. We've got over six thousand. Um, you know, I come from the period, uh, Brother Lee, you know this, I come from the period before the CDs and all these new things, MP3, is that what it's called? I don't even know. Yes. Yeah, but I come from the period where there were, uh, first of all, we started with reel-to-reel tapes. It was, uh, where you put it on a tape recorder and you go oh reel-to-reel. Then, of course, the yeah. cassettes were introduced and we started using them. But all of my inventory, going back to about 19, oh, about 1975, I suppose, all that inventory is... Um, is on cassette and reel-to-reel. So, um, I, but I will be glad to distribute those to the folks who still have these ancient cassette players. And uh, if possible, um, I, I, Brother Lee and I have spoken about the possibility of, of transferring uh, this information uh, onto uh, you know, a more modern way of communicating it through a CD, or I think it's called an MP3. I'm not even sure. 
But you yes, can sir. make inquiries about that as well, and we'll be very, very, very glad uh, to help you along the way. Once again, Yahweh's Warriors at AOL.com, and the World Wide Web is uh, Yahweh's Warriors. Thanks again, Brother Lee. Pastor, uh, may Yahweh bless you, and we'll have you on again real soon. Thank you for coming but, on tonight. Thank you, sir. Good night. You've been listening to uh, Pastor Charles Holtzhauser of Yahweh'sWarriors.com. Again, Pastor Holtzhauser uh, is not new to ministry. You know, he passed uh, at least 40 years, and uh, my understanding is he is in his 60s now, so he started very young. Uh, Vietnam veteran, uh, went over and did uh, multiple tours in Vietnam, uh, succumbed to Agent Orange, came on back, and he continued to work for God. And uh, just a powerful deliverance minister. I mean, you know, I'll tell you, I uh, would that I could have uh, grown up uh, in a church like that and uh, heard a great man of God preach, as uh, Pastor Holtzhauser did tonight. I mean, I was raised in the church now, and I am blessed to have uh, had two grandfathers that uh, were Church of God ministers, and so um, I I did grow up in the church, and uh, don't get me wrong, uh, I'm praising God for that, but uh, I mean, in the the area of deliverance, you know, no one teaches us, folks, like they should be. And he has such a unique perspective, uh, going all the way back to the days where they would do tent revivals. And uh, I've been blessed to uh, get a copy of a tape. He's ministering with Brother Wynn Worley. And uh, we put that up on the web. We'll do that again. In fact, I think it's in my archives as we speak. And you can go and listen to that. And they're out there ministering. And, uh, you know, again, when we mentioned last night, the anointing would be so powerful that uh, people would actually manifest in their cars, just driving by the uh, the old tent revivals in uh, in New York City, where they would be holding them from time to time. Of course, he pastored regular church, uh, ministered all over the world, and uh, you know, there's very few folks that uh, we can learn from today. We've got uh, praise God, we've got Doctor Pat Holliday, we've got uh, pastors Mike Thier, John Gogan, Gene Moody. We just located Patricia Xavier. Uh, we had her on a program in a previous show. Deliverance, the Christian Bill Wright, we praise God for her, the Madrax, uh, Dennis Williams, and um, who have I forgotten? Uh, if I mention them all, maybe I could count them on two hands, okay? But that's not a lot, is it? And uh, if you wanted to uh, have an opportunity to go and uh, be in one of their services, that's even rarer. You know, you've got to probably travel out of state in most cases. So, you know, it's just uh, it's a shame, but the good news is uh, these Folks are not dead, and I believe that it's uh, no mistake that programs like Omega Man Radio and others are being raised up to sound the alarm. Uh, I will say once again that uh, I've been called into the the ministry. Uh, You know, I did uh, say, God, you know, use me in these last days to do something. I'd like to make a difference with my life. And, you know, I kind of said that uh, half-heartedly. And, look, be careful what you say, folks. God hears what you say, and every idle word is inscribed somewhere. And Satan listens to what you're saying. And I can uh, share uh, situations where the devil picked up on something and laid a trap for me using my own desires that I had spoken multiple times. And uh, I can tell you also that God heard me that day when I said that, and I found myself drafted. And I feel like I'm on a short tour. You know, uh, when I worked for the Department of Defense, we used to send guys over to short tours, uh, places like Korea, Turkey, 
and uh, you know different um, Honduras, you know different twelve month tours where it would be dependent restricted, which means you get sent over there, you don't get to take your family, and you know I almost feel like that. Now I wasn't uh, military, but I did work for the military. I was uh, a GS. I was actually a bureaucrat, as they call them, a civil servant. I worked for DOD for about six and a half years, but uh, I worked in the assignment branch of a particular agency. And that's what we would do. We'd send these people overseas. And I'll tell you, it's a sacrifice. There's folks out there enlisting maybe tonight that uh, are on the front lines over in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I tell you, it's a sacrifice, folks. You know, it gets lonely. You get out on the the front line out there and you say, wow, it's like I'm on the backside of the desert all alone. And, you know, praise God, though, um, for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, listen, it's not a mistake that you and I are alive at this time and hour. I mean, we could have been born any time over maybe like the last 6,000 years. What's the chances that you would be born now as it's all winding up? I don't believe that that's a mistake. I believe God has carefully selected people for this end-time uh, mission uh, that he has called us to, and that is you know, hunting down the host of hell, invading enemy territory, taking it back, you know, uh, driving the inhabitants out of the land, you know, what it's talking about over Numbers 33, verses 50 to 57 is it's going into the enemy territory and delivering the saints from demon spirits. Again, you don't uh, cast a demon out of someone who doesn't know Christ, or you're going to set them up for a major fall. They'll just come in with seven friends, and the state of that person will be worse than when they began. Uh, deliverance is the children's bread. It is for the believer. Yes, uh, you want to get saved, and then if you want to get out and really um, grow and you want to blossom, you know, you need to get the enemy out of uh, your territory, out of your body, out of your, your flesh and your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. Yes, I do believe the uh, Spirit is sealed by the Holy Spirit. In Hebrew, the Ruach HaKodesh. But uh, you still got the body, the thorn in the flesh that Paul had, and you got the mind, will, and emotions. Uh, you know, so point is is uh you know just get get it done man cast these demons out take authority over them and get set free and then you know ask god to reveal any more demonic gateways that may be open in your life and my life and uh repent of the sin forgive others close these gateways and and move on and actually uh when you get uh, delivered go help somebody else and then stay delivered and if you get contaminated okay you do self-deliverance keep moving on but don't let these things beset you to the point that uh, they gain a foothold, and then death and destruction comes in. Those are actually two names of spirits that are pretty nasty, or a suicide demon. You find yourself uh, jumping out of a window, you know, or laying yourself down on a railroad track. People are doing this, folks. Why do you think people do it? It's demonic spirits that have jumped into them and been allowed to uh, hang on for too long. I say evict these things. Put them on the curb with all their baggage and drive on and leave them in the dust, leave them in the dry places. You know, aren't you tired of uh, having the thief kill, steal, and destroy you and your family? I am. So you got to do something about it. You know, enough with this. Uh, I don't believe a Christian can have a demon. You know, I'm praying right now that uh, those of you who still are holding on to that will actually manifest. You know, the best way to to become uh, aware of the reality that a Christian can have a demon is to for your own self to manifest. I'm not going to mention names, but we have lots of people writing in, calling in saying they've listened to uh, mass delivered shows, like we had last night, uh, one with Pat Holliday and John Gogan and so forth, 
and on and on it goes. We were trying to get a lot of these going, and uh, they'll be going down the road, and all of a sudden just manifest. And what I mean by manifest, they start coughing up, you know, phlegm comes out, their nose is running, or they just start vomiting. You say, oh, that's gross. You know what? Well, praise God. Get them out and move on. Get a napkin, wipe your mouth, and, you know, you've been delivered. Every demon out is one less in. You know, that would be the, the biggest eye-opener. What are you going to say then when you de- when you manifest? Are you going to say, oh, well, I was never saved to begin with? Come on. Listen, demons are real. Generational curses are real. The good news, though, folks, is you can be delivered. You know, and uh, we've got a few minutes remaining. Uh, oh, you know what time it is, folks? Oh, my goodness, you're a witness. It is 9-11. You know, this always happens to me. It's, <laughs> I'll look, it'll say 9-11 or 3-3-3. You know, I'm looking at my clock, and it says 9-11. So uh, you are a witness to that, okay? We'll, we'll get the meaning of this later on. I believe it's the watchman warning, but... Uh, or that uh, something is afoot, folks. I believe that it could be this year we're going to see some terrible things happening. Nathan Leal, his sound of the alarm. David Ells, his sound of the alarm. Jonathan Hans and others have warned. And uh, it could be honest, folks. And it could be within the time frame, you know, that people like Michael Rood have done calculations on. And, you know, Jesus came as the feast, spring feast. He returns with the Feast of the Tabernacles. They believe that they could have uh, calculated a pretty good estimation of the day of the Lord. Well, we'll know soon enough, but uh, I'm just telling you, time is short. Maybe that's you know, a wake-up call God's given people. A lot of people are seeing this 911. Maybe it means that something is getting ready to happen in this country again. Maybe another false flag like the 911 of September 11th, 2001, that changed all of our lives. I mean, come on. You can wake up, and your whole world can change. I remember that day. I had my mother... Uh, I was visiting her in Alaska, and I was at one of her little cabins. I had some property up there, and she comes and wakes me up out of my sleep, and she, she says uh, there were three airplanes hijacked. One went into the Pentagon. There, there's been an attempt on the president's life, and another one crashed in Pennsylvania. And I'm waking up out of sleep, and I'm saying, what? This is surreal. And then we were watching it on the on the news. I mean, that's the way it works. You can wake up, and everything has changed. Uh, so, you know, we've got to be prepared spiritually. But, you know, I'm not really worried, folks that we're going to see a lot of horrible things happen because, you know, I have the assurance that, uh, you know, I've been called to do some work for the Lord. And if the Lord has called you, and I believe he has, then uh, he's going to give you the resources that you need to carry it out, and you're going to have time to carry it out. I believe that there's work to be done before the return of the Lord. I don't believe it's time to get our beans, bull, and bullion and go hide in a cave. Now, I used to believe that way, okay? Well, what kind of reward are we going to have running from the front lines. We're AWOL, folks. There is no reward. You get court-martialed if you abandon the battlefield. Okay? There is no reward. You don't get any uh, silver cross, any purple heart doing that. And in this game, the stakes are really high. You run out on the Lord, you might be um, missing out on eternity. You know, God will say, what did you do with the talent I gave you? Oh, I buried it. Well, what did he do to the one that did nothing? He gives all of his talents. Some get one, some get five, some get ten. Well, he took the one from the one that had buried it and gave it back to him wrapped up in a cloth. He gave it to the the one that had ten, I believe it was. And then he uh, told that servant, you know, cast him in outer darkness. Just like we were talking about last night. Okay, it's that serious. Okay, we're going to be held accountable. All of us have got to stand before the Lord and give an accounting one day. 
God will say, what did you do with your time? Did you did you uh, win any souls to Jesus? You know, it says that he that wins souls is wise. Uh, did you have any fruit? You know, did you cast out any demons? Do you speak in new tongues? Did you lay hand on any of the sick and they shall recover? Folks, you don't have to go to seminary school to do this. All you've got to do is believe in the Word of God and have a relationship with Jesus Christ and get busy. Okay, we've all got to start somewhere. The point is, get started. God will give you on-the-job training. I know very little, but I'm trying to learn daily, and I believe God is opening some doors. You know, there's thousands being pulled out of the caves. You know what I mean? Recruited, being uh, drafted for duty. We've all been given a draft card and a summons to uh, come down for basic training. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do with pastors like Charles Holtzhauser and Dr. Pat Holliday and uh, John Gogan and others that I'd like to get on. I hope to get Pastor Mike there on soon from Hegewish. We want them to do boot camp training for those that uh, are hungry for the Word of God and, and how to get into this battle. Because you're not going to hear it turning on the, the tubes and listening to the pulpit pimps. Okay? Some have called me a headhunter. I, I'm not a headhunter, folks. Okay? I've got better things to spend my time on. But if I see a snake in the pulpit and I have my sword, believe me, I'm going to cut its head off. It says, suffer not a witch to die. You know, that's protecting the sheep, folks. You know, we're, we're called to go and um, protect the sheep, protect those that don't have the knowledge that you and I have. Too much is given, much is required. Well, what do you do? If you were a shepherd and you saw some snake and it's stalking one of your sheep. You say, you just wave at it? No, you get over there with your staff and you hit it on the head. Okay, you call it out, you take it out. Okay, so maybe you can save some people. You know, I won't win friends friends doing that, okay? If I wanted to win friends, I would have a totally different message. How to be the best you today. All about sowing your seed to my ministry. You know, if you'll sow a $1,000 seed, maybe the Lord will give you a million dollars. Look, it's not about that, folks. Okay, that's playing the heavenly lottery. It's blasphemy that's coming out of most of these pulpits. They're not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're preparing people for destruction, to get taken away in the great falling away, in deception. You know, as Elizabeth Nebenfuhr said last night, hard times are coming, despair. People are going to have hopelessness. Many people may commit suicide because they don't know the good news of Jesus Christ. They've never heard it. Or they weren't prepared to endure till the end. I was given a prophecy by a brother who's going to be on in about 45 minutes, Prophet Scott Lathrop. There's many that call themselves prophets. What is their fruit? Is everyone that calls himself a prophet a true prophet of God? Uh, I have to wait and see. Some that say they are. There's many that call themselves that, but do they have a track record? Uh, I've been around a long time, folks, and I've met a lot of people. People say, you know everybody, Omega Man. Yeah, I know a lot of people. Okay? But uh, the point is, is uh, I've had a chance to look at them and evaluate them, and I can honestly say there's only a handful right now that I know have a track record of being on target. And one of them is brothers going to be on tonight, Prophet Scott Lathrop of Soul Bait Ministries. 
But back to my point, he gave me a word. He said, God is preparing you so that you will not faint. I said, so that I will not faint. What does that mean? What can that possibly mean? And then it it uh, it became clear to me. God is trying to prepare his people in this hour so that they'll be able to endure till the end. Okay? When these things happen, men's hearts are going to fail them for fear. You do not want to faint, folks, in this hour that is coming. You may fall away and never recover. What does that mean? It means it's over with. You're toast. Okay? You may miss out on heaven. Okay? You may find yourself in a FEMA camp and not be strong enough, okay, to stand up for Christ under the persecutions that are coming. When they ask you to deny Christ or lose your head. And why? Because you were told that you were going to get out of here before all this happened. And you may, it'll be like someone punched you in the head and your head's spinning. And you say, wait a minute. Why am I here? I wasn't supposed to be here. I told I was getting out of here. I told God was going to bless me for sending my money into the TV ministry. And we were just going to be caught out of here. Folks, the Word doesn't say that. Where it says, pick up your cross and follow me, it says, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Jesus says, is the servant greater than the master? Go read the timeline before the return of the Lord. As I read it, folks, we don't get out of here until there's a great falling away, until the Antichrist is revealed, until many are offered up and persecuted and put to the death. Does that mean all of us are going to die? No. Some will uh, see the return of Jesus Christ, Yahshua, in the sky. But uh, we are to endure to the end, if that's our end, or if it's uh, our head on a chopping block, okay? The point is, is uh, if, you will not deny, if you will not deny Christ, then you know, where you're going to spend eternity is guaranteed, in heaven. But uh, we've got to steal ourselves, okay? We've got to be like that samurai sword that they folded 20,000 times, and they made so tough that it would not break because we're going to be put under some in, some incredible pressure. And many are going to break and fall away and turn on each other and you know persecute each other and call the 1-800-kill-a-Christian uh, hotline, you know, rat on a Christian. You know, we, we may have to go underground, folks. And, you know, there'll be some, though, that God is going to send right through the midst of the fire like he did... Uh, he told Brother Dimitri Dudeman, through the fire without burning. And he's going to send into the into these death death camps to pull people out. And that are going to be itinerant preachers and witnesses for Christ. And we've got to be faithful to the end, to whatever our end is, only God knows. But if we're faithful, then we'll have reward. If not, then all bets are off. You spent this time down here in vanity. You might as well live it up. And eat and drink and be merry, for tomorrow you die. You know, all is vanity, as Solomon said. So what are you going to do with your time? Yeah, people say, I jump all over. Well, you know, I saw that uh, rabbit going down the path. I had to shoot it, as Wynn Worley said. But we've got about seven minutes remaining. I thought I would just spend a little bit of time. I want to thank Pastor Holtzhouse for coming on tonight and um, being on the program. We're going to do many more programs with him. And uh, this is a man that uh, is a living miracle. Okay, folks? So it was just a, uh, it was it was just awesome to be able to get him on tonight. Uh, he has many physical challenges. He's battled with Agent Orange from Monsanto, gave him cancer. 
That's the company that uh, controls most of the food supply in the world, the genetically modified foods that we're eating. The Terminator seeds, we'll do a program on that one day. You know, he's had multiple physical attacks, but, you know, he doesn't complain. He continues to stay on the front line, and praise God he's alive because we're going to uh, re-enlist him. He's got to do another tour before it's over with. <laughs> and other uh, great men and women of God. We're going to have Pat Holiday on this Saturday night. I'm looking forward to that show. If you haven't got her book, The City Under the Sea, The Witch Doctor and the Man, about her travels with Bishop Canco, I would urge you to order it. You can get it off of uh, Amazon.com. We've got a link on it to her uh, Amazon store over at OmegaManRadio.com. I've got the player working now. You can go over there and play shows live. You can go into the archives and uh, suggest a guest. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to catch up on all my emails. I'm wearing multiple hats right now. I'm working on a couple projects for various people during the day to, uh, you know, keep my lights, light bills paid so I can do ministry at night. And uh, so if I haven't returned your call or answered your email, forgive me, I will. I'm also uh, preparing to uh, do a program, and we're going to be reading out of a, a textbook called Warfare Prayers, booklet number four, by Wynn Worley. And we're going to be doing some spiritual warfare over the airwaves, folks. Okay? We're going to be loosing angels in the Word, doing civil war in Satan's, on Satan's kingdom, loosing confusion on the enemy, taking grounds from the enemy. And uh, if you'd like to read along, I would urge you to uh, buy this little booklet. You can get it from various places. One is... Uh, Agape Bible Fellowship. Another one is the new Hagawish Bookstore, www.publications.com. Uh, as of today, they're up and running again. And the book is like three bucks. I mean, come on. Sacrifice a cheeseburger at McDonald's. Get this book. It's one of the pow- most powerful books you can have in your in your uh, library, uh, notwithstanding the Word of God, naturally. But um, $3 is called Warfare Prayers Book at 4 you might want it so you can read along, and if you like what we do over the air, you'll have your own copy, and you can just start doing it in the mornings during the day. Take it with you. Read a couple of them off a day. See what happens. I hear great results take place when you start uh, standing on the Word of God and you start engaging in spiritual warfare. You see, Satan doesn't want us to realize that knowledge is power. Knowledge of deliverance is power against his kingdom. You have the ability to make a difference. One man, one woman can make a difference. Binding and loosing is what you do. You bind the demonic spirits and you and others. You loose the spirits of God. The request goes up to heaven. Heaven takes it. Stamp. Rubber stamps it. Angels are loosed. To fulfill the request, you know, that you ask in Jesus' name. That's the key. In Jesus' name. We've got that authority. And Satan doesn't want you to know this. And folks, there's so many gold nuggets in the Word. We've just got to uncover them and get in there and mine them out. So with that, I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, Again, we're going to be doing a program in about half an hour with Prophet Scott Lathrop. Tomorrow night, I'll have Pastor Johnny Ova and Rock Rodrigo. They're going to be on the program doing an Elijah Challenge training at 8 p.m. And then at 11 p.m., I'm going to have Peter Kuhn back on from Sweden. We're going to be uh, doing some more talking on various issues. I'll have a double cappuccino. I'll be all over the board, I guarantee you, on that show. And uh, then we're going to have Pat Holiday Saturday night, 8 p.m., and I've got more guests coming on board as we speak. We've got a lot of new guests we're going to be bringing on, 
And uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing. If you would like to get behind this ministry, uh, anything you send in, I don't take a dime from it. I just put it in a little kitty until we can buy some airtime on WWCR. That's my goal, to take this thing off of just the Internet stream and uh, launch it on WWCR, try one hour a week, maybe do some satellite, uh, just keep expanding the signal. We're going to be doing some uh, TV. You know, it takes money to do it, folks, but, uh, you know, God is going to supply our needs according to his riches and glory. And uh, if we don't move as fast as we want to move, we'll just occupy till he comes and work with what he's given us. So, uh, you know, it says make your need known. That's what I'm doing. But if you would like to get behind it, for those of you that have supported, I want to thank you very much. And uh, everybody can pray. So uh, if you're not able... Just pray. Pray for us and uh, maybe shoot an email out for the Omega Man. Uh, send a link out to everybody and, uh, boy, that would really help. We'd spread the word that way so everybody can do something. And, uh, you know, it's about ministry, folks. And uh, that's my job. Uh, I'm trying to give something back. Uh, the Lord has blessed me uh, abundantly. And, uh, you know, I've been able to do the things that I wanted to do in life. And, uh, you know, now it's time to, to get busy and do some things for the Lord in the time remaining because we don't have a lot of time. Without further ado, God bless you, and uh, I'll see you all again in about uh, half an hour. Do you listen to other radio programs and then say, where's the beef? Tune in each day to Omega Man Radio, the show that will put meat on your spirit man's bones. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. Radio.